Hello, my name is David Levy. You are listening to the Observer's Notebook podcast. Enjoy. Space, the final frontier. This is the Observer's Notebook, the official podcast of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers. Its mission to explore the solar system, to seek out new observations and data, to boldly go where no podcast has gone before. Hello and welcome to episode 112 of the Observer's Notebook, the official podcast of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers. I am Tim Robertson, the host of the Observer's Notebook and also the coordinator of the training program within the ALPO. Thank you for downloading and listening. The ALPO collects and analyzes observations of various solar system bodies and associated phenomenon and publishes detailed reports concerning these bodies in its quarterly publication, The Journal of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers, also affectionately known as The Strolling Astronomer. This podcast depends upon donations from you, our listeners, to keep it alive. If you do enjoy what you hear in the podcast, you can donate to it via Patreon by giving as little as $1 a month. If you feel even more generous, for $5, you receive early access to the podcast before it goes public. For a monthly donation of $10, you receive a copy of the Novice Observer's Handbook. And for $35 a month, you receive producer credits on the podcast. You can help us out by going to www.patreon.com slash Observer's Notebook. And if you'd like to join the Alpo, membership begins at just $18 a year. For more information, find us at www.alpo-astronomy.org. And we're also on the Facebook. Just search for ALPO Astronomy. And yes, this podcast also is on Facebook. Just search for Observer's Notebook. And if you enjoy what you hear, please subscribe. That way you'll never miss any episode of the Observer's Notebook podcast. And now, episode 112. We're going to talk about the moon and someone from Argentina. Hope you enjoy. All right, I'd like to welcome everybody back to the Observer's Notebook podcast. The podcast has listeners from all over the world. It never surprised, it always surprises me when I look at where where the listeners are from. Just like the Alpo also has observers from all over the world. And there is a group of very talented lunar observers in Argentina. And I'm very happy to have one of them with us today, Alberto Anazioto from uh, Argentina. Welcome, Alberto. Uh, thank you, Tim. Yeah, now, why don't you just give everybody a little bit of introduction about yourself before we get started? Uh, yes, I li- uh, I'm Argentinian. I live in, a, in the capital of a state uh, called Paraná. It's, by, it's near the, a, a, a very important river called Paraná also, uh, and the state is Entre Rios. And I've been in Alpo, uh, I think, for five years now, um, and very recent uh, Alpo member, uh, and, a, and a very grateful Alpo member, uh, as I later uh, 
will explain. No, I, I'm here uh, for many reasons, but one, but one of these reasons is to help Alpo for uh, aiding uh, astronomy, planetary astronomy, and aiding my uh, planetary astronomy observations. Very good. It's very a good. great, it's a great pleasure to be here. I love the podcast format. So I hope to have a good time chatting about astronomy and the moon. Fantastic. And yourself too. So going back to that, what sparked your initial interest in astronomy? Well, I'm 50 years old. So our generation grew up reading books about space. Our face, our our first readings were in the my first readings were in the late 70s and the early 80s. Looking back, that was a very unfavorable, uh, it's not very, uh, very favorable time, not a very propitious time for a space adventure, uh, the early 80s. Mm-hmm. But the books we read then were written, uh, at least the books we, we uh, read in Argentina were written in the 60s. The 60s were the, the time of the full craze no, for the Apollo program, the entire space race uh, was a time of, full of optimism. Uh, optimism of the type we will have a basis on the moon in the mid 80s um, as, a, as an example. No? Uh, space was the land of future adventures and astronomy, especially planetary astronomy, seemed like the thing to know for those future adventures. Uh, I don't know if you have, probably uh, you are uh, of the same generation and probably you have that same feeling, no? Uh, I know it possible be uh, nostalgia for childhood, I know, sure. But it's how I remember it, these uh, early early lectures, early readings, and how I live again these uh, good times when I read again those books from the uh, from the sixties, so everybody that uh, was born in the seventies uh, have this look of astronomy as the study you need to the future adventure, and put it that way is the adventure that doesn't come no or. We, it will come in the future, but not in our future, not in the future of the 70 generations. Uh, there are two experiences of early astronomical observation, of naive observation, of course. The first was at the conjunction of all the planets in 1982. I don't know if you remember. Yes, I do. The, yes, uh, we uh, all sorts of wild guesses were made about this conjunction, like uh, massive earthquakes and, and uh, astrological <laughs> uh, influence. No, uh, I was a, a I was an eleven years child, 
um, as all the visible planets were easily recognizable at that time, I was able to write down their locations in the sky for many days. That's what that was my first astronomical observation. Oh, um, it was it was fascinating as a child of 11 years. No, uh, then uh, I remember the um, in 1985 and 1986 tried many nights to locate Halley's comet. You know that that approach uh, and let's say a real cometary madness. Mm -hmm. It was incredible how incredible how popular astronomy was in those years. Uh, I could see it uh, only two nights. It was a very disappointing appearance. But well, uh, I mean, it's the only appearance of the comet Halley that I will have. No, uh, yes. <laughs> my passion for astronomy continued for many years, but latent, intermittent. Uh, many years later. Uh, a funny story, no? My dad received a telescope from his bank as a gift, as a business gift, no? From, from his bank? Yes, for his uh, investment bank. Yeah. Uh, every year, uh, they send uh, a gift. And I thought when, uh, when uh, my dad showed me, look, this is what uh, my bank uh, gave me as a gift for uh, Christmas. And I thought, I remember, uh, I thought, Oh, wow, how much money does my dad that they that <laughs> the bank made him this gift? Well, uh, he didn't have that much money because the telescope was a completely uh, crap. No. <laughs> I quickly saw that the telescope was, uh, I know, it's a refractor, a 60 millimeters refractor. Mm -hmm. It was a crap. It was, a, I, I, I could only. Uh, spot the moon with that, uh, but it uh, was <laughs> premonitory, no? Because I uh, fell in love with the moon later. But that was the push that I needed to uh, overcome my shyness and go to the closest astronomical association, la Asociación Entrerriana de Astronomía. Uh, Entre Ríos is my state in Argentina. This The association has a, an observatory in Oro Verde near my city, uh, 10 kilometers. My city is Paraná. Mm -hmm. uh, it is an association destined to spread astronomy, but not, um, not to observation itself. They have a 10-inch telescope that is used to, for public access, no? the public access to the telescope in exchange for a sum of money. I didn't learn anything about astronomy there because... Um, They all talk about astronomy, not, 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 do some, not do any observation. But I was able to use that telescope uh, in the years I was there. And most importantly, I made a great group of friends uh, years later with the party disassociation to make the Lunar Society. And many friends are, uh, at this, many friend, friends of this group are uh, active collaborators with uh, the newsletter of the lunar section, the, the Lunar Observer. Mm -hmm. So I am 50 years old, but I'm a young amateur astronomer since uh, I am active for, let's say, 12 years. Okay. All right. 
Well, what is what, what's the world of amateur astronomy like in Argentina? It is not it is not easy to give a simple answer to this question, but there are a number of factors that we can analyze. Let's say uh, to begin, it is easier to access equipment, telescope and cameras. It is easier than say 30 years ago, thanks to the fact that all around the world this equipment have lowered their prices. Mm-hmm. That is perhaps the most important factor because 30 years ago, it was very difficult to get access to a telescope. Uh, in Argentina, there are, I think, only uh, two shops that sell that sells uh, astronomical equipment. Okay. However, this is a, a global factor because prices are lowered mm-hmm. all over the world. The condition of the Argentine reality Yes, determine, determines this uh, wider access, uh, this uh, wider access uh, in uh, in a negative condition because the country has been immersed. For as you listeners probably know, mm-hmm. the country has immer- has been immersed uh, for many years in an economic crisis that is only increasing year after year. To access to this kind of equipment, accessible worldwide, it's become it's becoming uh, more difficult every day because our currency, the, Argent- the Argentine currency, pesos, loses value all the time against the dollar. Uh, I, I, I pick uh, an example that will illustrate to you um, how critical is this um, race. Uh, of the pesos against the dollars, uh, a house, a small house in a dangerous neighborhood, can be bought with four or five thousand dollars, four or five thousand dollars, the price uh, of a telescope. I am giving an example of how painful it is to save in pesos to buy mm-hmm. equipment with prices in dollars, and you must add that these uh, purchases also carry a sixty percent import tax. Although in Argentina, telescopes are not manufactured. Right. So I don't, I don't see the point of um, making an import tax on, on goods that you can manufacture here. But this is Argentine. As you can see, it is very difficult to access a telescope. Even deciding to buy something expensive because becomes a difficult decision because in our country, unfortunately, you never know when things will be will get uh, worse. Mm. Right. So access to medium sizes telescope is usually through amateur associations or some municipal observatories. But not all the cities has an association or an observatory. Now, and since- now, since purchasing telescopes is difficult because of the cost, is there is there a group of telescope builders in Argentina that do their own telescopes? Yes, 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 yes. Uh, here, just in, in just be, for, um, previous to the uh, pandemic and the quarantine, we we were uh, about to launch a, a workshop uh, of. Um, telescope building. 
okay. because uh, see, yes, but uh, uh, this uh, requires a patience and, mm -hmm. and, and uh, let's say in English, uh, be a hand, you know, you know, uh, to 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 do, some, do this work. But it's a, it's a, it's an option. It's an option that many. Um, that gave that give many access to a telescope yes that the, another option is to go that was my case to to go to a, a, an association or to initiate an association but also the government governmental requirements to be able to carry out an astronomical association where uh, you can join the uh, the efforts of its members to buy equipment are uh, almost impossible to fulfill. Uh, they are very strict. Therefore, there is not much access to the type of telescope that in countries like the USA are considered amateur. Uh, and of that minority that can access to this equipment, the vast majority of them are engaged in astrophotography rather than amateur observation. What I usually call Facebook astronomy, you know, collecting likes uh, instead of <laughs> participating in an observing program. So we are very interested in uh, promote uh, astronomical uh, amateur observation uh, and slowly you can get some people that who have who has uh, developed the skill required for astronomical association with cameras they are uh, develop this skill this skill uh, doing astrophotography so the people who do astrophotography are in a very good position to uh, access to astronomical Mm -hmm. amateur observation uh, and we preach that <laughs> that mm -hmm. uh, that way uh, all all the time and on everywhere and every time yeah it's more than just taking pretty pictures it's doing science with your telescope and the photo photographs that you take are, are the important thing that i know you do through the to the apo um what now you mentioned the little 60 millimeter refractor that your father got was that your first telescope, or did you have another telescope that you consider your first? No, no, that was my first telescope, but I prefer to forget it. <laughs> yes. Um, a lot of it started with a little 60-millimeter refractor. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> That's, that was my first uh, instrument, too. So, yeah, now, uh, who, who has influenced you the most in astronomy? Uh, well, um, a difficult question, surely... Everyone knows, everyone says the same answer to this type of question because there are many people who have helped me grow intellectually in astronomy. I would think of uh, Jorge Colan of the uh, Ibero-American Astronomy League, La Liga Ibero-Americana de Astronomía, uh, for example. Uh, Luis Mancilla, also from this association. Luis Mancilla patiently taught us in, 90, in 2010, to a group of enthusiasts, the rudiments mm -hmm. of cometary observation. It was, it, was, uh, it was then when I made my first cometary observation report. Uh, you know, magnitude and diameter of the coma and mm -hmm. so on. 
I considered myself as an, an amateur astronomer from that day, from the day of my first cometary observation report, of my first amateur astronomer, uh, uh, the first astronomical report. No, you know, this is the date mm -hmm. when I became an, an amateur astronomer. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's your first actual science you did. Yes, I remember it. Yes. That's the same thing with me. The first time I did a, a I, I was published was in the Journal of the Alpo over a comet observation. And the first, ah, time, yes. I, first time I saw my name in, in writing as a contributor, yes. it was like, okay, all this work I put in for all these years is now paying back. The same thing. Which comet you observed? Oh, I can't remember which one that was. Oh, <laughs> Yes, I, 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 I remember because uh, it was this is uh, in the seventies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. It was uh, my observation. Uh, it was in the it was uh, ten years ago, so yeah. it was it is more easily to to recall. Uh, I, I remember it was a uh, comet Harley two, mm. which at that time was being visited by the epoxy probe. Uh, that is a new mission of the deep uh, impact probe. Um, it was uh, October the 14th. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It was the same sensation that you mentioned before. Uh, it was very exciting, very, yes. I, I, I feel very proud to, 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 to read my name. Yep. And uh, that also that I could um, observe in the, in the, um, I don't know how to say it in, in English, uh, um, light curve. Um, light curve? Light curve, yes. yes. Uh, when you see that your observation is not uh, very afar from the, from the other observation, so you don't miss That's uh, right. the magnitude. That is a, 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 a work, that is a science work uh, that is different to, to merely see through a telescope no that's true so, your, your, your observation fit with everybody else's which you're doing something right yes yeah. yes yes i remember the, the date with uh, with a great emotion uh, i i remember i i recall this um this story now because it has too much to do with what alpo represent for mm. those who want to stop talking about astronomy and try to observe, try to contribute. I, I, I always say, this is a Spanish phrase that is a grain of sand, no? To the, you put a grain of sand in a, in, a, in a desert, in a beach, where there are many grains of sand. But it is your grain of sand that is mm. added to the knowledge of our solar system. And of course, ah, I don't want to uh, forget to... Uh, Excellent guys from Alpo, uh, of course, uh, David Tesk, current mm -hmm. lunar coordinator, who is really, really a mentor and a friend. And Tony Cook, uh, yeah. Dr. Anthony Cook, a coordinator of the Lunar Geological Change Detection Program. Is, uh, Tony is also, like David, a friend from a distance. I, mm -hmm. I don't know if you, if you put it that way in English, uh, with whom we have not yet had the opportunity to shake hands, but yeah. above all, a mentor. Those, uh, David and, and, and Anthony, 
uh, are mentors, you know, someone who knows much more than you mm -hmm. and yet is attentive to help, to give advice, to appreciate what you did and to correct with the, with the elegance that you American and English have <laughs> because uh, you, 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 you tell the, the things differently with uh, the way, different than the way we, we Latinos uh, say the thing. But it's a, it's a thing that we appreciate very, very much. Uh, the way that uh, people uh, like David and, 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 and Tony and, and, and all you Anglo-Saxons, uh, <laughs> no, no Anglo-Saxons, American and English, uh, tell one, one thing is they don't even say that is not correct. They say it with uh, an elegance that it's the envy of uh, <laughs> we Latinos. We, we Latinos have uh, surely uh, some qualities uh, <laughs> of our own, but uh, this is a, a, this is a, a thing that I appreciate that I appreciate so much with uh, you guys in Alpo. Um, Really, I believe that I have a depth of gratitude with Alpo for guys like David, Antonia, all mm -hmm. of you, and I hope to begin to pay. Now I'm, uh, I begin to to collaborate in to collaborate in what I can. Uh, I, I can. Uh, I must pay this uh, depth of gratitude with Alpo. Now, what, talking about Alpo, what brought you? To to what 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 introduced you to the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers? Well, I am in Alpo thanks to its great waves website. To its great website, the, the the website you have, it's great. I always try to know which were the areas uh, of amateur astronomy in which I could collaborate with my observation. Years before Alpo. I, I always I was always browsing the internet and searching about planetary astronomy. In this search, I found the Alpo website. First, I read I, 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 I remember as it was yesterday mm -hmm. I, the selected areas handbook that mm -hmm. is I think it is now available online, in which I learned to usefully to usefully observe the moon. I print it together with other materials from the Alpo website. And I remember covering it in my backpack when I went <laughs> to the observatory of the association of which I was part until a few years ago. And I show it to my friends, say, look, look what they, what we can do this. Uh, because uh, lunar observation is, um, uh, I don't know how to put it, um, it's a, a bit um they, they, there is a, a, a false consensus about you don't you have not um mysteries on the moon you have there, there mm -hmm. is no value to observe mm -hmm. the moon only to do a, a very pretty photograph right uh, and i and i found this and i say wow this Look, there is too much to know, too much observation. Even now, I have a, a, I want to observe more than I, ca than I can because there are 
so many um, uh, issues on lunar observation. Well, right. I, I, I remember showing it to my friends as if, we're, as if I were a sales person. I, I know, I, how you put it in English, a vendor, you know, the kind <laughs> of salesman that went house to house selling encyclopedias. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I am also, I remember this kind of, of, of vendors. And I was trying to arouse their enthusiasm, which I finally achieved with a group mm. of friends. The same friends that now, from, far from that observatory, we share the lunar passion and we uh, made a group that now we, we call the Lunar Society and, the, and we are uh, active collaborators of the, with um, the Lunar Observer. You guys have really, have done a, really, have done a brilliant job with that website. Oh, good, good, good. Now, I, I agree as we said, people's feeling about observing the moon, why observe it? We've been there, we've done that, we've walked on it. You know, there's nothing more to learn. Well, that, that can't be further from the truth. I mean, just going back yes. to our conference that we held last year that you were you presented a paper at, you know, the most exciting papers that were given were all on the moon in my in my in my in my view. I mean, because it gives you an understanding of what kind of science you guys are actually doing in the lunar section. And it's really impressive. Now, the the lunar section has a newsletter, the Lunar Observer, and you are strewn your observations are covered <laughs> inside of that newsletter and i really highly recommend that our listeners if they're interested in observing the moon and seeing what kind of work can be done contact the lunar section and subscribe to the lunar observer it's free it doesn't cost you anything it's a pdf file i think it's monthly it goes out yes 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 but i highly highly recommend it now the lunar observer what has that of how has that affected your experience with the Alpo? Well, uh, for seven or eight years now, I have been a passionate reader of the Lunar Observer. Uh, since the day one, I found it on the internet. Uh, beyond the pleasure of reading it, uh, the Lunar Observer is important because it is the place where you can share your observations and your text with other amateurs. And also by sharing with amateurs, amateurs who has uh, many years of experience and technical knowledge, uh, experience and technical knowledge superior to your experience, you can have an idea of your evolution as an observer. Early, I referred to the Facebook astronomy model, no? You know, and I was referring to posting an image for your acquaintances in order that they could flatter you, but with a like and so but they are mostly dislikes are for people who don't know too much about mm -hmm. the subject. A specialized magazine, as the Lunar Observer, allows you to be evaluated by those who know. And in a way, it's like, I think it that way, get access to the Lunar Observer, mm -hmm. uh, it's like past the initiation, you know, uh, to be in, in, in another level. Uh, I, I tell you, uh, one of the most beautiful memories of my life is related to the Lunar Observer. Really? Because, see, yes, yes, because it was the, uh, this uh, 
unrelated, obviously, to the uh, amateur astronomy. And it was, this experience was when the first lunar image of one of my friends, not even mine, uh, Francisco Alcina Cardinali, act active collaborator of the Lunar Observer, uh, this uh, image of, uh, of his was admitted. It was the issue of, I remember it, August, <laughs> uh, August 2015. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, we sent it by email. I, I remember it, an image of Dionysius crater, and they did not respond to the email. So we thought they had not accepted it. In fact, we had been observing for almost two years, but we didn't dare to send our images. Uh, I had printed, as I usually do, the issue of August 2015, the, of the Lunar Observer, and I was passing the pages, you know, while I was uh, while I was taking exams at the university. I teach in a translation degree, a translation from Italian, not from English, as yeah. you can see <laughs> by my terrible pronunciation. I read it while the students were answering the programs, uh, the, the, the questions, you know, uh, uh, were all concentrated, in the, all focused on the exams. And when I see our image, I could not contain my joy. I made some gesture of contain joy. I, was, I, <laughs> I, 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 I wanted to dance, but, but I couldn't. Uh, the students, <laughs> I, I always thought the students will have taken this as a new eccentricity of the teacher, no? <laughs> uh, <laughs> because they didn't know. Uh, it was very... It, uh, how high was I to explain why this joy? Because they even share this the, 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 right. this, this background. No? Uh, nothing does nothing less than that. Nothing less than uh, one of the my dearest memories represent the lunar observer being in the lead of the lunar observing. Wow, that's great. That's great. Yeah, I, I see all these uh, people now on the internet taking photographs with their. Or trying to take photographs of the moon through their telescopes and things like that with their cell phones and things. And yeah, they're trying to get a pretty picture, but describe what they're seeing. And none of them do that. They're just saying, how's this picture I took? Well, tell me what you're looking at. Tell me, you know, what, what, what craters do you want to focus on? What images? Cause I love looking at the moon. The moon looks different every single night. It changes during the evening because of shadows and things like that. So it, it's, it's, Lunar observing is very dynamic, and that's what I love about it. Um, and, and, it's, and it's unique because only in the moon you can observe with a small telescope, yep. like I, I, I have, uh, details of geological details of mm -hmm. the surface. That's, that's unique. I, I don't know how, how this is passed by uh, by the by the photographers, because uh, you can see, you can lean on another world. That's, that's uh, amazing. Yeah. And there's so many features on the moon that you could study. Yes. You know, and, yes, and it's yes. just like, it's it just not, not the whole globe, just pick one or two. And like, well, the way the lunar section is divided up. I mean, we have the lunar dome survey, we have lunar transient phenomena and all these different areas that observers, if they're interested in looking at the moon, that they can focus on and do. Um, what are what are some of the observing programs that you're interested in the lunar section? Now you're you're assistant coordinator of the uh, of the uh, lunar topographical studies. Right, right, right. So talk yes, about, lunar talk about that. Yes, uh, lunar topographical studies. It's about uh, 
precisely what you've been talking about, uh, to study the different features, type of features that uh, you can see in the surface of the moon. Uh, as you progress in, the, in observing the moon, you will get every day new knowledge and I, I know there the, because I do it that you develop some kind of interest in, uh, and repeat observation about some features uh, I, I can recall now a, a small craterlet that appears in the rim of this crater crater that is uh, appears and disappears you know Mm -hmm. uh, accordingly to the illumination, I, 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 the first time I, I, don't, I don't have, I don't miss the, let's say, the wonder. The, and I have, I am a very naive observer. So the first time I saw this crater, I, I commented with one uh, fellow amateur, lunar amateur observer who is Sergio Babinok, who also is a, an active collaborator of the Lunar Observer. And at first, I, I, I must confess, uh, we think, uh, could it be possible that this crater is, is new? Uh, uh, we know <laughs> that it was a, a very large crater, so it would be a notice when the impact uh, mm -hmm. created. But uh, uh, then we, we, we came to know, because in, in, even this little craterlet uh, doesn't appear in the quick map of the Lunar Reconnaissance Orbiter. And, uh, so because of the illumination, it's, it's a craterlet that appears with a certain degree, certain longitude, certain uh, lunation phase, no? you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and we continue to observe. Obviously, it's a crater that is very old, mm -hmm. <laughs> but this kind of, of, of uh, studies are what um, topographical studies uh, consist. No, no, you know, there are uh, very similar programs uh, that everyone observing the moon can contribute mm -hmm. uh, as a funded crater program who study uh, which uh, studies the craters who present uh, a pattern of bright and dark bands in the in the walls uh, the ray the bright ray crater program that study uh, this ejecta that we call uh, rays uh, there are also uh, programs that requires much skill in the observation and better equipment. And these programs uh, contribute in, in a greater uh, amount to the lunar science. One is uh, the Lunar Domes program that we, uh, that you mentioned it, uh, where uh, Rafael Olena and mm -hmm. other guys are doing a, a great job. Yes. But it requires certain equipment, but it's very interesting because it's one of the areas in which selenography is still uh, governed, uh, let's say, 
by the amateurs, as all selenography was uh, governed by uh, amateurs. You know, the mm -hmm. amateurs were those who um, make the maps of the moon. Right. Uh, even now, the domes are uh, a province of the amateur astronomer because the, amat the amateurs can uh, observe repeatedly mm -hmm. with uh, I can observe near the Terminator, who is not Arnold Schwarzenegger, but <laughs> is the line of the <laughs> that separates that uh, divides uh, the illuminated uh, zone from the dark zone in the right. surface of the moon. So near the Terminator, you can, with the oblique lighting, uh, light, you can uh, observe the domes that are very difficult to observe in images taken even from lunar orbiter because these images are taken with frontal light, which is a not very propitious light to detect domes. So, uh, amateurs like Rafael Olena and the, and the group of guys that are doing a, a great job in the lunar domes are doing vanguard science. Yes, also, the, um, another program that is very similar, uh, I mean, requires a good equipment and requires a lot of uh, skills to observe. It's the lunar meteoritical, lunar meteoritic impact search. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a very recent uh, field of investigation because, I don't know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, uh, the consensus was that uh, no one can observe uh, the impact of a meteorite on the surface of the moon. And these guys, <laughs> uh, these amateur guys, prove that we can observe and, and the pattern, that there is no pattern, obviously, uh, of the impacts, so we are. Uh, it's a it's a wide area of studies in which everyone can pick. That's true. A, um, and a field accordingly to uh, the equipment you have and the interest that you have. And that, and that's a beautiful thing about being an amateur astronomer. I mean, there's so many different ways and and fields you can get into and lunar to planetary observing. And if you're interested in that, the Alpo is the place to be. Now we talked about equipment, but yeah, what what type of equipment do you currently use? Um, I have a, uh, right now my observations. I, I I'm doing my observations with what I consider my first real telescope. That is okay. my current telescope, a, a four-inch aperture Maksutov Cassegrain. Nice. With very good optics for planetary astronomy. It's a, it's a, it's a small telescope. Uh, I, don't, I don't have a temperament. I don't have a character very friendly to technology. Uh, that's, um, I, I thought I have a, a planetary camera. Mm -hmm. I use it rarely. <laughs> uh, rather, I usually carry the camera when we make observations with other telescope and observations that are carried out by someone more skilled. Uh, so when I observe from my backyard at home, I almost, I almost always draw what I observe. observe. I always Very draw good. what I observe. 
but it's probably nothing more than an adaptation to not having a good understanding of how to take pictures with a computer and a camera. I so I adapted myself and, uh, and, and I draw. That is, I think it's, 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 um, it's considered a valuable thing because I know the, 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 you Alpo guys treat me very well, <laughs> uh, my, my, <laughs> my, my sketch, because it's something uh, that is uh, missing. Uh, no, no, that's a bit of time, no? You know, the draw uh, uh, what, you, what you see. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, I, I, I can see, I very often can see features on the moon that, that I can't see with, in an image with a camera. And I, and I always said, I always think, but how is it possible that I, with a small telescope you can observe near the Terminator, always, um, features that you can spot in an image taken with a greater telescope, with a, a wider telescope and with a camera. And when I read uh, uh, Charles Good, uh, Modern Moon, a personal view, well, uh, that's why I, it, it, he specifically refers to lunar observation and give the reason why the eye make, make a, a type of selection of what you see mm-hmm. uh, and the oblique illumination near the Terminator uh, allows to, to to see features that are very small on the moon. So I resigned to handle a camera and telescope. I always um, rely on, um, I always get the help to another, who uh, <laughs> I, I, I willing to take a picture of that, uh, and I feel more comfortable uh, making this visual observation and uh, drawing what I see. And it's very. I, I have to hear what you said about you can see more than you can see in photographs, and and it's I, I I'm the coordinator of the training program. And I don't focus on astrophotography in the training program. I focus on making drawings. And it's really making you a better observer. And the more you look through your telescope with your eyeball and not a camera, the better observer you become. And like you said, that the craterlet that you saw that didn't, you know, you didn't know if it was there or not. Would you have picked that up in a photograph? The lighting had to be just right and things like that. So... It's, yes. it, 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 you know, being, being a, a, an observer, which I consider you a very good proficient observer. Thank you. It only becomes that through time of looking through a telescope. And that's what you've taught yourself. Yes. I w- later you can do, let's say a mix, you know, uh, observe through a telescope and then, and you can, can observe the images that the in in the monitor that the mm-hmm. uh, in, in the computer as you take the images uh, through a program uh, the, the, the camera program you can also apply these uh, observational skills as you uh, to what you see in the in the in the screen no uh, uh, so it not it not there are not two realms completely separated uh, observation visual observation and imaging 
Uh, they are uh, complement and they, uh, in, in, lunar, uh, in lunar observation, you can also um, complement the, the, the image with observation. There is right. the famous, the famous uh, experience of the this bunch of guys of the lunar uh, of the USA geological survey that mm -hmm. they take these pictures, these primitive pictures of the moon back in the uh, 70, 70, uh, no, 60, 61, that would uh, take the pictures and improve what they see in this picture with a uh, visual observation. That was previously to the Apollo uh, missions. That was a, a job that they, will, they, do, they did in order to uh, pick up to the side uh, in which feature, lunar feature, uh, the Apollo mission were, uh, was supposed to land. But th there are uh, many possibilities of, of mixing uh, observation and uh, visual observation and images. True, true, true. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to share about the lunar section? No, I, I, I don't, I, I, I'm not a very, I, I'm not a very experienced observer, so I, what I like to, to share with uh, the people who are listening to this podcast, it's about uh, the enthusiasm mm -hmm. about the observations. I, I think uh, it's a good thing to spread enthusiasm about uh, lunar observations, so this was the point. Very good, very good. Um, what would you, just philosophically, if you had someone just starting out in astronomy, what would you tell them? What tips would you give them? Um, for an observer who is just starting out, uh, I would advise first not to rush to buy a telescope. Mm -hmm. uh, this, this perhaps is an advice for observers in poorer countries like Argentine. But I, I think it's a smart advice not to rush to buy a telescope as your first astronomical instrument. Start astronomical observation with a pair of good quality binoculars. Mm -hmm. I remember with great emotion the discovery of the first uh, nebulae, the first star clusters with my binoculars. The moon also presents beautiful mm -hmm. landscape with binoculars. So don't start with a pair of binoculars. Um, I, I, I would strongly recommend keeping a record, a log mm -hmm. of the observations that are made in any medium, you know, in any form. I personally prefer a simple notebook, mm -hmm. a paper notebook. You could call it, it the has... observer's notebook. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that, that's right. That's right. Uh, this, um, this habit has several uses. Surely, an emotional use because it allows the memory of the night observation when one, when one, when one goes back in his pages mm -hmm. and recall your nights of observation that are, that is uh, the pure joy of our hobby, and recording data like scene magnification and all the details that are noted, mm -hmm. even those that may be thought of as obvious or unnecessary may eventually be necessary. Uh, 
uh, for example, I am a passionate about uh, observer. I'm a passionate observer of meteors uh, from our southern hemisphere with little surface area compared to the surface of the oceans uh, and with a population substantially smaller than the population of the northern hemisphere. Mm -hmm. Many meteors observers, are, many meteor observers are needed. Uh, and the meteors um, seem predictable, but I mean the showers, no? The meteor showers. But they are not so, no, they are not as predictable as we think. And any data that is recorded can be valuable. How many meteors? Uh, uh, this is a personal obsession, but mm -hmm. I always uh, think about how many meteor storms will have been forgetting in the southern hemisphere Good. because they remain in the memory of, of the observer without noting at least the time and frequency of the meteors. Uh, one guy, a bunch of guys once told me about a night of many meteors that not fit with the a maximum uh, of a meteor uh, shower, a meteor storm. Uh, because there are uh, so few studies in the southern hemisphere, mm -hmm. uh, sometimes we miss the data Be because these this, this observers, or let's say these not observers, don't take note right. of, 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 the, of the meteors that they, they, they observe. So take notes, take record, and this... It's very important to um, a very important part of being an observer and not merely a, a stargazer. Let's That's say. true. And I've, I've had Bob Lunsford on the podcast a few times. He's in charge of the meteor section for the Alpo, and he's talked about he's receiving more observations from from Argentina now than mm. he ever has before, too. So it, it's 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 really interesting to see that. You know, everybody's getting into the meteor observer because it's so simple to do, and it's it's such a fun, relaxing observation. And you can do science from a lounge chair sitting outside with a cup of hot cocoa. I mean, it's <laughs> yes, 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 that's right. Uh, it's a pity. Uh, I I I quit or, or or let's say I suspend my meteor observation because uh, the the worsening of the. Um, of the skies in the city because I, I observe it from my backyard. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't have to travel until uh, two years ago. I don't have to travel uh, outside uh, to, to, to observe meteors. Uh, I, when, when I could um, record a, a, a magnitude, a limited of magnitude mm -hmm. that is required for, 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 uh, for a, a, a a rightful observation that is uh, 4.5, I think, um, magnitude, limit magnitude. Mm -hmm. I, 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 that, yeah, that was um, uh, in the night, in the night when there, there no, obviously there, was, there wasn't the moon, it wasn't the moon in the sky. You can achieve this magnitude uh, limit in the, in the city. But two years ago, let's say it's, it, it, it's almost impossible. So no. I have to, I, 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 to, I, may, I, I will have to make my mind to, 
to to travel outside the city to to in certain days not not every night at, as it was possible uh, let's say two years ago yeah. finally it may seem obvious but it's very important to read as much as possible and from time to time have the experience of writing which helps obviously to clarify our ideas at the end of the day uh, this is uh, ours is a hobby a mm -hmm. sublime hobby, but mm -hmm. a hobby at last. And all hobbies are more enjoyed when we know more about what we do. You know, uh, uh, to put it uh, in a gentle way, not in a pretentious way, let's say, oh, it's important to read. It's important to read because you enjoy more your hobby. Mm -hmm. Very true. Now, you mentioned early on books. Do you learn a lot from astronomy? What 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 are some of the astronomy books that you would recommend, or that you've uh, worn out? <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Uh, surely the book that is most deteriorated by the use, in my case, is uh, the Moon and How to Observe It hmm. by a recently deceased Alpo member, Peter Grigo. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a it's 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 part. It is a part of, of a wonderful series. Uh, the how to observe it series, you know, mm -hmm. and it's an, an impressive lunar encyclopedia. It was one of the of the first books I read about uh, lunar astronomy, but I still come back to Peter Grigo's work uh, all the time. A great book, a great book. Then I frequently use other books, such, such as uh, I mentioned it before, Charles Wood's uh, Modern uh -huh. Moon. A personal view, but I have read it recently, so it's not so deteriorated as uh, <laughs> uh, Peter Grigos. Yeah, uh, we had also I, I had Charles Wood on the podcast a couple of years ago. Excellent, excellent. Uh, see, yes, yes, it's a. Uh, uh, I, I was uh, I. Um, I heard I I read about this book. Uh, always, uh, anyone that that uh, that that read this book uh, says, says the same thing there mm -hmm. is a wonderful but it, and when I I could read it uh, I confirm it it's, it's mm -hmm. a, an excellent an excellent book it's, it's, it's very <laughs> as the title say as the title says it's a very personal view of the moon mm -hmm. but it's a very uh, rich um, study of the moon also, I use very much um, the geological story, history of the moon, the geological history of the moon by Don Williams, a, a, an old book, a bit difficult to read, but very useful for those who observe, since knowing the lunar geology is essential to interpret what we see through our telescope. Uh, I also use, but this is not deteriorated because I use it as a PDF <laughs> file, uh, an old but very reliable lunar atlas, which is the atlas for, from the Lunar Orbiter mission from the 60s, okay. right. which is online and which uh, have photographs with a type of illumination that we don't see in other atlases. Uh, ah, another book, but it's highly recommended, is um, The Modern Moon by Arlene Krotz. It's a, it's, it's as as Grigo, uh, Grego's work and, and Charles Woods, 
uh, the book by Arlene Krotz, it's a mind-blowing book mm. because it links uh, astronomical and geological knowledge about the moon with the history of this uh, space exploration uh, in a masterful way. Wow. Uh, Arlene Krotz, like Peter Grigo, died very young. Uh, it's a very sad <laughs> thing. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Alberto, this has been great. So, oh, also for me. <laughs> um, outside of astronomy, what are your what are some of your passions? Uh, translation. Yeah. Uh, That's what you do for a living. No, no, I am attorney at law. Oh, okay. Uh, but uh, I studied as a hobby uh, Italian languages, Italian language, and. Uh, especially uh, in particular uh, the translation, literary translation. But then I started to teach translation in, in the university in which I studied. So it's uh, some kind of rented hobby because <laughs> we make uh, I make some some profits of it, and um, it allows me to. Uh, translate uh, literary uh, books, uh, which is a thing I, I, I enjoy too much. Also, the uh, Greek and Latin studies, which I, uh, I am some kind of, of um, amateur historian, let's say. Okay. I, I, I try always to relate with astronomical things because uh, it's a field that is not that is uh, led to historians which they don't know much about astronomy. Hmm. So I, I try whenever I can to do some research about ancient astronomy and I try to link it, to relate it to uh, the current astronomy the, the, in ways that we can use those Asians' observations is a it's a very uh, it's a feel very propitious to uh, uh, for example the commentary observe observation uh, the, the comment the commentary studies mm -hmm. uh, began with the uh, with, uh, late with uh, ancient observations uh, so this is another uh, passion that I have. Very good. Very good. Well, Alberto, this has been very interesting to talk to you. And I wish you had a lot of luck in your lunar observing. Oh, and, thank you. And, I, would, I, would like, I would like to apologize in uh, for my poor English. I'm a shy person. And first of all, I learn English to read, not to communicate with others. Uh, I read English well, write passably, but I speak awful. I... I, I I see like I, the, the guys who are listening to this podcast must think that I am a, a, some kind of, I, that I speak with some kind of a foreign <laughs> bad guy, foreign villain from the B-movie that, you know, <laughs> that speak English like this. <laughs> no, you did, <laughs> you, did, you did absolutely great. It really did. Yeah. And, and my, my English leaves a lot to be desired at times as well. So <laughs> I want to thank you for coming on the podcast. Oh, thank you for, for um, I have, uh, I, 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 this was a, a, a great moment. I enjoy it too much. Thank you very much.
All right, that'll do it for this episode of the Observer's Notebook Podcast. Again, I want to thank our guest, Alberto Anuziada, for coming on and telling us all about himself, uh, astronomy in Argentina, and the lunar section of the ALPO. Thank you very much, Alberto. We upload a new episode of the Observer's Notebook on the 1st and 15th of every month. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. If you do, please rate and review us. I really appreciate it. And you can also listen to us on Apple Radio, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Google Play, Stitcher, and Amazon Echo. You can help support the podcast by donating to it via Patreon by giving up to $35 a month, where you receive one year's membership to the Alpo and also producer credits on the podcast. And with that, I want to thank the producers of this podcast, Steve Seedentop and Michael Moore for their continued generous support of the podcast. The link for Patreon, as well as the link for the Alpo, is also in the show notes. And if you want to get a hold of me, my email address is cometman at cometman.net, or I'm also available on Twitter at at observersnbpod. Until next time, my hope is you always have clear and steady skies. Thanks for listening.